Welcome to Katie Squared, Keep Talking, where two Katies get together each week to talk with real people about real issues and real Jesus is our hope. I'm Katie A. And I'm Katie B. And this is the July mini-series, What Does It Look Like to Follow Jesus? Join us in this four-part mini-series as we discover how it looks to put Jesus over everything in your own life. Hear insights from a pastor, a salesman, two Katies, and our book of the month, Jesus Over Everything by Lisa Whittle. Follow along with episodes one through four and dive deeper by reading along with us. After spending some time listening to us, take it back to your own people and keep talking. Welcome to episode two, In the World, Not of It. You're going to hear from Katie B. as she interviews my husband, Chris. They talk about working in a secular environment, but still living for your faith and integrity. I think there's so many good truths packed in this interview, and you're going to love it. Hi friends, it's Katie B. We are here with Chris Alexander, the wonderful husband of Katie A, where we're diving deeper into what it looks like to follow Jesus. So Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us um, what you do, about your family, the whole shebang. Yeah, okay. So I'm a dad and a husband and sales guy, jack of all trades. I'm a firm believer in, in Jesus and the need for a savior, the need for somebody to live under. I got a wonderful family. I've got a wife I've been uh, with since I was 15 years old awesome. and two, uh, yeah. And two uh, awesome kids, um, two really annoying dogs. I could do, you know, <laughs> could do without those, but. Can you, you know. tell us their names though? Cause they're uh, so yeah. cute. Jack, the English bulldog and Louie, the French bulldog. <laughs> And for all the listeners for your podcast, uh, the French Bulldog is available to a loving home or, or just really any home. Poor Jack. <laughs> so just thought I'd offer that to your, to your fan base for a... Uh, hey, you yeah. might get a hit. Someone might like to uh, take them home. <laughs> yeah. I'll sweet. I got a couple things to sweeten that deal. So. Yeah. Well, you are um, a senior VP of sales and you're in, you're in the corporate world and you have been for quite some time now. That's right. Yeah. Right? Okay. So just on a practical level, I think you and I can both agree that your wife is like one of the most incredible people in the entire world. So, um, <laughs> yeah, she's pretty if solid. you're not, if you're not the president of her fan club, I will be the president of her fan club. Yeah. Um, there's room for two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but we've been going through a book called, um, Jesus Over Everything by Lisa yeah. Whittle. And we're kind of really teasing out what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday life. Mm-hmm. And so for you as someone who is in corporate America, and I'm sure some of our listeners are in the same industry you're in, mm-hmm. what is it like? What does it look like to follow yeah. Jesus? Yeah, it's tough. I think there's naturally places where I think it comes easy. And a lot of that comes in sort of your, you know, your dealings with people, and anybody else you live in sin and temptation and everything else to be gossipy or complaining and and things that you know aren't honoring to god you know i almost liken it to working out you know it's it's never an easy choice to make i don't think that following of god is ever an easy choice um right. it's, it's it's never the wide easy street it's always the the narrow you know making those decisions the hard decisions they always work out better, but they're, they're always tough. And they're ones you wrestle with because it's easy to shortcut. It's easy to not be truthful, uh, to try to get to an end, um, in a, in a sales position to say, Oh, you know, if I just maybe stretch this a little bit or, 
you know, if I just say that, maybe they'll forget or so making those tough decisions and sort of living a life of principle and, and honesty mm. and integrity, it's worked out. You know, it's, it's certainly been a reason why I, you know, I've, I've excelled in my company. I, I share a lot of the same views with, with people I work for, with my boss. You know, I think everybody kind of lives it a little bit differently. Certain places where I fall short, you know, I, uh, I've been known to maybe not have the cleanest mouth in the world. Um, <laughs> we, we talked about how we love Jesus, so we cast a little. We've talked about that. Katie yeah. and I have talked about that in the last episode. <laughs> passion. Yeah, it's passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's great. I guess my it kind of leads into my next question. Yeah. Um, I, I loved what you said about living a life of principle and integrity. Mm. That's, that's just so good. Or how does one live and work in the world? You know, mm. scripture tells us that we're to be in the world, but not of it. Sure. Um, and, and I think that it's so important because if we're not in the world, then, then we're not actually, you know, having like building relationships with people mm. who don't know Jesus. Yeah. And so we've got to be in the world. We, we just aren't supposed to be of it. So what mm-hmm. does that look like from, from your yeah. perspective? That's a great question. I think there's a couple different things to unwind there. And we talked a little bit, we just actually wrapped up our life group here about an hour ago, maybe maybe half hour ago. And we were talking about being the light to people and that some people have a hard time breaking out of the, Hey, like, have you met Jesus? You know, or do you know where you're going when you're going to (laughs) die? It's a little heavy for some people to come right out of the gate with Some people are great at it. Like, you know, my mother-in-law, she'll like walk up to the dude pumping gas and be like, do you know where you're going when you die? It's, It's just death is a little heavy for me to get into it with somebody I've just met. But being the light is being positive and being uplifting and being encouraging and being trustworthy. So someone can come to you and, and feel like they can, you know, unload a little bit, you know, and that, that you'll kind of stand by them and pick up the yoke and help carry them a little bit. Mm-hmm. In sales, a lot of time where, where it comes through is stereotypes exist for a reason. So salespeople are often looked <laughs> at as greedy. I think a healthy amount of greed in sales is good, not necessarily in the traditional sense of greed wanting to be successful. You're not going to last in sales if you're not selling. And and if you're selling, you're making money. You know, I learned a while ago that good selling is consultative and it's solution finding and it's helping somebody Mm. by saying, listen, I've got something that can help one of your problems. So instead of me talking you into something, it's me. And and this is a skill for life that I learned. Like this is the first sales training I went into and it was really asking someone, you know, like, Hey, can you tell me like, what are the three biggest challenges of your job right now? Like, what are you struggling with? Oftentimes you're talking to that person because your company solves for that problem that they may be having. But if you let somebody kind of tell you what their problem is, you know how to sell to them. And you say, listen, we can help with that. And again, I think that goes back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago. And it's, you know, if you're honest and and selling and, and living with integrity and saying, you know, like we probably aren't the best people for that but let me tell you some people who are Mm, that I think is how you're you can be in the corporate world where you're saying hey look I'm I just want to help you and you know I I don't make any money telling you to do this but you probably should go do that that's that doesn't help me but that helps you Mm -hmm. I can't tell you Katie how many times people have come back and bought from me after I sent them somewhere Mm -hmm. else to say hey we're probably not right for that but these guys these these people are there's a, a missionary who's near and dear to our hearts. And um, he taught me most about being in the world. And that's, uh, he lives in Delhi, India. 
um, mm-hmm. a place where Christians are a very small minority yeah. of, of people there. Um, it would be, it's kind of similar to, you know, how many Sikhs do you know? Right. Mm, like we just don't, wow. I, I don't personally yeah. know any no, Sikhs. I don't either. <laughs> and, and that's how small Christianity is in, in comparison to wow. Hinduism and Islam in, in that country. So he's a very small piece of, of God in that place. And, and he goes and, and hangs in the Muslim community all the time and grows his beard really long so that he fits in, in the community mm-hmm. um, to, to reach people. And, and, oh my gosh, the, the reach this guy's had is like unbelievable. And certainly in, in the Hindu environment too. I mean, these are people who have just grown up with it. It's, it's, they've, um, you know, to see somebody who's worshiped hundreds of millions of gods mm. um, come into where they have a relationship with the God and, and, right. um, and finding that that's, that was, that was one of those things. It's like, man, you got it pretty easy. You're, you know, it was a little bit of a wake up call for me of saying like, Hey, reach out to people who, aren't like you because it's easy to have faith-based conversations with people you're at church sure, with. Absolutely. You know? It's tough yeah. to, to do it with people who are different than you. Yeah. Or who be- just believe different than you, you know, yeah. opening those are, they're hard conversations to lean into. Mm. I do want to ask you about India because you guys have gone quite a few times. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so tell me about kind of your experience with that. Did the girls go or was it just you and Katie? Yeah. Just Katie and I went and then I went again two years after or a year after and partnered with the Cooperative Outreach of India a group called COI. They've been there for 30 years and have worked in, in many ministries. One of the most effective ministries they've had is a, is a women's empowerment um, ministry where they built a computer lab and then they've scaled this to multiple small cities and slums to help give women training so that they can um, you know sense. excel in the workforce. And, and just all kinds of, of started with VBS is where we got plugged in that we went to a, did a summer VBS over there and then visited some of their schools. It's very moving to, to go to a place that's so impoverished and, and, but a group of people who are so willing and receptive, just absolutely incredible uh, walking through the slums. And, and it's interesting. I think when you look at it, you know, some of your initial shock, you know, I think you prepare yourself for it thinking like, okay, it's going to be poor. It's going to be hot. It's going to be buggy. It's going to be, right. it's not going to smell good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, checked a lot of those boxes, but I think what we were probably most surprised is, is the reverse culture shock when you get home. So it's not, you kind of go there knowing it's going to be like that, but man, when you get home, so many emotions of like guilt and like, Oh my gosh, what waste I live in. And you know, how can I better? And, and while guilt is not, I don't believe guilt is from God. I also believe that sometimes we're stirred and moved to do things. Um, yeah. Moves by, us to action. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you know, one of the most shocking things to see realize is that from January 1st, by, by January 15th, you've thrown away more food than mm. millions of kids over there will see all year. Mm. You've, just, you've thrown it away out of your fridge. It's just, that's the stuff that's just absolutely moving and tells you like, there's, there's a lot of work to be done around the world, but there's just so much to be thankful for where, where we live. Not a perfect place by any means, but, but man, did we hit the lottery being born, you know, being born here. Gives you some crazy perspective Mm. for sure. 
mission trips like that are formative to our faith and they're formative mm. to our walk with Jesus. And then, yeah, you know, re-entering into, you know, your world coming from a country like that, it's, it's seeing so much poverty and um, hardship. And for some of our listeners who maybe, you know, have gone on mission trips like that, and maybe they just obviously will right now didn't get back from one because of, of COVID. That's yeah. definitely changed some things in the world. What are some ways that helped you like cope with those things or, or what sure. are some things that moved you to action that maybe, yeah. you know, you changed when you came back? Yeah, that's a, that's such a tough question. And I, I say that because it's like everything in our faith walk, it becomes a matter of consistency and conviction. Mm. Like I could say, I want to do all this change, but like, I think like my counterpart on, in, who's in your house, I, I cry pretty easily, you know, believe it or not. Um, I pr- try to pretend I'm Just way to tougher our listener, than I am. Both, both Katie A and Katie B, I'm Katie B. We're, we are both married to very sensitive, um, wonderful, amazing, sensitive men who cry. Yeah. <laughs> Just for some context. Yeah, I get choked up pretty easy. It's weird. Like, uh, certain movies and things just I, I public commercial it doesn't <laughs> yeah it's uh it's some of the stuff is pretty intense yeah as I always yeah, I get the lump in the throat but I ask myself you know you could be as excited as as wanting to help and I can I vividly remember as I sit here recounting this I vividly remember with tears in my eyes when I got home talking to my mom and saying to her like I'm gonna help these people the rest of my life mm-hmm and I remember as the words came out of my mouth, thinking to myself, you better live up to that. Like that, wow. that's not, I like vivid, I'm like, I can feel myself right now thinking about that very moment, saying that to her, um, that, I, you know, that, and I do, I have a relationship with them. We financially support our, our missionary friends over there. It's been one of the greatest tools. It's, you know, it's, it's like anything that if somebody, if you're struggling with how, how do I even begin to evangelize and how do I begin to tell other people about Jesus? Like, oh, man, I don't even know enough. Yeah. I, I, I think we all fall short feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't bring that up. What if they ask me this and I don't know? Or, yeah, absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. I, I think what it comes down to is nobody can take away your experience. Mm. No, nobody can discount what God has done in your life. So if you, That's if you so can good. passionately say to somebody like, this is how God changed me if pe- people, un- people know passion, right? They know enthusiasm, mm-hmm. they know honesty, when they can see in your eyes how much it's changed you or how much it means to you, that's what people gravitate towards. You know, that's what, that's the light. That's when they see that coming through you. It's like, let me tell you how this changed me. Let yeah. me tell you what this did in my life. Not, let me tell you how Jesus can help you. That's, that's fine. But that's, I don't think that's realistic for most people. It, in early stages of their faith walk is to say, Oh, okay. Now, okay. I, I did the little prayer. The pastor asked me to at the end. And so now I'm a Christian. Now let me go ask some people where they're going to go when they die. I, I think it's a, a bridge yeah, no, too far, right. you know, and it's intimidating. It's like, how do I begin to, it is. You know, I'm supposed to be evangelized. I'm supposed to share us. I don't know if I feel anything plugging in, whether it's a mission field right here in your backyard, like, your neighbors, your, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the inner city school, like the, the places you can serve within 15 minutes of your house. I don't care where you live. There are hurting and poor and mm-hmm. needy people that yeah. want normal people 
to reach out and say like, how can I help you? You know, what, what can I do to help you? And that's, you know, your mission field does not have to be in India. That just happened to be where I really found it and, and realized that we were made to serve. You're made to serve other people. Well, I just think, you know, our listeners, um, some of them probably know you, some of them don't, but what is so just inspiring to me as, you know, a sister in Christ, but just as like a friend is that you and Katie, like you, you don't just like talk it, you walk it. And you very much like believe that God is, you know, whatever he's gifted you with talents, resources, whatever you then pour that out into other people. And, and you, you do that in India and you do it here at home. And that's, what's so cool is that it's not just something that you did when you got on a plane a couple of times and went across the ocean, but like you do it every day. And so that's just super, super inspiring to me. So I just want to say thank you guys. Cause it, it really is pretty. Thank incredible. you. That's, that's uh, humbling for you to say that. And I appreciate you saying it. Um, I think if, if you're not, and I, and this is, it probably kind of dovetails into what we were talking about with work and being in the workplace. It's and I've said this a hundred times to people I've worked with. If you're not pouring into somebody else, like your cup is never going to continue to fill. Mm. You can't just, you know, I think, and, and I, I heard it from David and from, from pastor Daniel. And like, it's, you can't expect to just as his church and as his life, you, you can't step up to the, all you can eat buffet. Like you have to be serving too, you know, you can't just say, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. Cause there's going to, you, you're never going to grow. I mean, you may grow linearly, right? You may learn more Bible verses or learn more ways in which Jesus gave lessons, but you're never going to grow exponentially because you're mm. never multiplying yourself. You're never saying like, how do I pour not just work attributes, but leadership attributes into other people who are going to pour into other people who are going to pour into other people. You should always be mentoring somebody. You should always in work, it's prepare your successor. You know, if I drop dead tomorrow, who's going to make sure that our company sales continue, you know, who's going to make sure that these things. So preparing that next person, it's, that's what grows you as a person because you start to see your own faults and start to say like, man, I should be living up to that standard too. (laughs) Well, it also, you know, just building those relationships, I think is just so it's pivotal and it's so important and Mm. it's what, it's what the human experience is all about. It's about relationships. Mm. I think that's what we were created for. I mean, yeah. I, I, otherwise, I don't know what else we were created for because it kind of centers around those relationships. It definitely um, KDA is going to ask Daniel some of these questions mm-hmm. about me. So what are some ways that you see Katie, KDA, living the Jesus over everything lifestyle? Yeah, she's the, she's, so my wife is a people pleasing, rule following, like <laughs> type A but very compassionate type A. She's in no way is she like militant or like pushy or anything like that. Now she, with me, it's a little different, but with everybody else, Kate, my, she (laughs) like, so Pastor Daniel was like, do 14 jumping jacks while reading your Bible in the morning and, you know, don't have your coffee until 1022. (laughs) She would, she would do it. She would do it. And she would do it when nobody's looking or nobody's seeing. And I'd be monitoring you know, with a checklist, make sure <laughs> my clipboard, make sure she's doing it. But now Katie's, Katie's a rule follower and she's, um, you know, she's the person who does it without fanfare. And, um, you know, I've, like I said, I'm 37 and I met Katie and started dating her when I was 15 years old. 
So I love it. It's so cool. She's not like. You just don't hear stories like that anymore. <laughs> I just want you to know that. It's just it's, not common. It's interesting. My brother and sister married their high school sweethearts too. So cool. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. And she's just not materially different than when we were 15. I am. I, yeah, I'm definitely a different guy. She's, I mean, she grew up with very strong, faithful parents. I was in church too, had a very good relationship with the Lord and my mom. It wasn't legalistic at all. It was probably a little more loosey-goosey, but mm-hmm. but definitely was impressed upon at a young age, like we were Catholics and, you know, bored ourselves to tears at church. Sorry, I don't know if I should say that or not. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, I was little, I was little, right? Every kid's bored at church and they're little. But we didn't have all the fun stuff that they have at Fish Hawk Fellowship. All the fun, exciting activities, investments was a little plug for the church. <laughs> Thanks. Right. But we just didn't have that like growing up. And so, but yeah, she's like, uh, you know, she's every morning reading her Bible, every morning doing a devotion, um, as long as I've known her. Always, she has like a women's Bible study group she goes to and has for like 12 years. Always plugs herself into something new, always wants to serve. Yeah, she's, she's the one who helps set the tone. I mean, she probably... You know, she helps me carry the weight that I'm probably supposed to be carrying more of in the house. But yeah, no, she's she's awesome. It's a partnership. It really is. It totally is. So I just have two more questions for you. And I think you kind of answered this a lot, um, more so in your talking about like multiplying yourself. But Mm. I I believe, and I think you you probably believe this too, that obviously where you can follow Jesus and pretty much, you know, you are, I, I think that everyone is practically, you know, a pastor in their own way. Mm. When you're following Jesus, like you have your own circle of influence that nobody else has, Mm -hmm. you know, influence over because they're, they're people that you know and have relationships with. Can you follow Jesus and still not, you know, be in like full-time ministry? I think there's some, I I get that question a lot from different people. And um, so coming from someone who's in corporate America, tell me a little bit about that. That's a good question. I think it's, it comes down to, and you said it earlier, it comes down to your relationships, right? Like, so in the corporate world and in sales, they, we always say that, you know, people buy from people they like and people they trust. Now imagine if your, your faith is what you're selling, right? Um, and again, it's a solution. I'm not, I'm never going to talk you into a relationship with Jesus because God knows your heart, right? You right. may to walk away from an uncomfortable situation, say like, okay, cool. That sounds good. Okay. I believe in Jesus and walk away. It's really saying, okay, what are your pain points? And let me show you like how that helped me. It's the same thing in, in sales. It's, it's not me saying we're the greatest company in the world. I can help you with this. I can do that. We can do this. Of course we can do that. It's let me tell you about this customer that we did that for. And here's how that changed their business. Let hmm. me tell you how we helped them with this because this changed to become profitable. I think it's the same thing in your faith. Your chances are low that that somebody you just randomly meet is going to be like, yes, I will give my life up to Christ. And you're right. Like this life I'm living, no good. I give it up. Thanks for the five minute conversation. See you later. It's really about pouring into other people. And if they don't like and trust you, they're never going to give their heart to your God. So, right. I mean, a lot of it is your actions. A lot of it is, you know, Mm -hmm. they want something you have and it's not a tangible thing. It's, It's that light. If you're not, you know, and it's, it's not some huge standard to live by. It's, it's, if you're not giving out positivity and you're not like giving people 
a place where they can feel safe to talk to you and where they're like, they, I think the easiest way to say it is, does somebody feel better or worse after they've talked to you? Mm. You know, like, and it's, it's sad that you have to deduce it to something so basic, but it really is. You leave that conversation like, oh, that guy was yeah. intense. Like, oh man, <laughs> you know, like, that was a lot. You know, now I feel bad about, you know, this or that. It's like, it's your conversation shouldn't come back saying like, God, I feel awful about myself. It's your conversations with people should be like, man, like that is a solution to some of the pain of pessimism. Like, like, things like crippling anxiety I've had like I'm a guy who used to be so anxious and you know like my faith has been has been integral to me dropping a lot of that anxiety but that's where you reach people it's not talking about you it's asking about them it's the same again same thing in sales it's it's I you know I use this a lot you know, sales is a lot like dating. You know, you don't go on a date and you say like, here's a little bit about me and here's a little bit more about me and, and here's a little bit more about me and, and okay, now go. What questions do you have about me? It's, it's yeah. not. It's tell me about yourself. Tell me about you. What do you like? What do you not like? That's where you're building likability, trustworthiness to, to actually be able to pour, you know, what a relationship with Jesus looks like into somebody. So true. This it's just powerful. It's really powerful. So I think we're just about to wrap up, but we ask one question at the end of every interview. Sure. And I really want to know your answer to this. Who's the <laughs> last person you talk to on the phone? Oh, uh, give me a second here. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I know who it is, but let me just double check. Oh, we can go heavy or light. It's your decision here. <laughs> Give me the, give me the real, give me the okay. real. The real one is my mother and my mother is in California. My aunt is getting out of a very abusive relationship with her husband Gosh. and yeah, it's, your mom, <laughs> it's is, your mom is there. My mom, your mom is, is there. there. Yeah. Moral she's support there to and... support her and help her. It's, she's in California. She's, it's intense, but they were both there. I talked to both of them and gave my aunt some encouragement, but that was actually my last conversation. I thought it was with my boss because I seemingly <laughs> talk to him every night past eight, nine o'clock too. So, well, I'm glad that you were able to talk to both of them. So, yeah. and that's not surprising that your mom got up and, and went out there to help her. That's something I feel like your family would do. That's something that you guys would do. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, it's been awesome to have you on. It's really, you know, just a, a cool thing that um, the Katie's are doing and yeah. it's been great to really get to know kind of what you do on a daily basis and how yeah. Jesus influenced your life. And um, it really, blessed. again, I'll, I mean, I'll say it again, you guys, you truly walk the walk. And so it's super inspiring. So we're so, we're so grateful to have you. So oh, thanks gosh, for being thank here. You. Of course. Yeah. And um, I'm sure you'll be back on again. Yeah, well, I hope so. I enjoyed <laughs> it. And thank you for your uh, thorough questions and, and conversation. And thank you for loving my wife and, and um, being such a good friend to her. And it's uh, definitely something she's excited about and loves, loves working with you and, and, and certainly loves your relationship. So well, the feeling is mutual. So, yeah. Hey, friends, thanks for joining in today to hear a little bit from Katie Alexander and Katie Budson about what it looks like to follow Jesus in their own lives. We hope that you are encouraged and uplifted from our conversation and that there was something that you can take back to your own circle and keep talking with your real life friends. If you want more from the Katie's, you can follow us on Instagram at keep talking with the Katie's or visit our website at www.katie.com.
kt2keeptalking.com where we put up show notes and photos and an opportunity to purchase our t-shirt of the month, which helps start the conversation in your own circles. July's t-shirt is I am talking about Jesus. Thank you for joining our conversation today and we hope you keep talking.